your host for Lacrosse Talk PM, Rick Solom. All right, welcome to a Wednesday of Lacrosse Talk PM. I am Rick Solom. I'm gonna screw this in, or it's gonna be me holding a mic the whole time like I'm a stand-up comic. 608-785-7914 is the talk and text line. Today, I, I, we haven't had we don't have imaging yet, guys. We don't have the Mac and Mac imaging. I'm sorry. Oh, yes. We got to so, get shirts. Mackenzie Mandel and Mac Heels in studio. They're part of the Judiciary and Administration Committee, the JNA Committee. That'll meet next week, Tuesday. So we're going to bring it next week, Tuesday? Yes. Okay. I'm off next week. So I'm just like, I don't have to think about this, but I will think about it now. Um, and, and so we'll preview that meeting a little bit. We're going to go over, can we go over like, recap like last month's city council meeting kind of highlight we don't have to do everything because there's like 75 things on that list but if you uh if you have like we could we could recap this as we get this uh because we're doing this fairly consistently i think this is is this the third time or second third time right must be the third this this is the third time um so we can kind of like you know figure out how we want to do this um but the most important thing that i want to talk about is culture and I'll give you I'll give you guys some time to think about this. I say guys now all the time, and now as I'm talking about this culture thing, it's just going to be very ironic that I keep saying that. Uh, the city council has had a female majority for are we at three years? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, this yeah. is the third year of female majority. You guys, you women, you. You can't say girls either. There is not an equivalent to the word guys. That what would say you, friends? You could say you friends. you friends. Well, what's the female equivalent? Well, why don't you just say you too? You ladies, you can't do that. That's well. You could just say you too have been on. J- yeah. You you too have been on council instead of you guys. You could right, just right. say like yeah. mm-hmm, mm-hmm. y'all y'all been on council. <laughs> no, Southern twang. So, yeah, you've been on council for three years, and that's when this majority is for the first time ever, I believe. I remember right. First time ever. Um, and so I want to talk about that. And I don't have, we don't have to do it yet. Just like, uh, just think about it a little bit uh, before we get into it. And then also, we want to preview the J and A meeting. But the most important thing, aside from culture, and I'm just going to grab one thing out of last month's meeting that we, we can highlight on. Did the pickleball courts get their liquor license? Yes, of Can course. Can we drink and play pickleball now? You may, yes. <laughs> were either of you confused by that? Or maybe you were the ones that, that I don't I don't remember how exactly it went, it, that you deferred it or referred it or put it off or something. It was just a no recommendation That's before right. council. So it was really simple in my mind, although I know that it probably really scared the applicants. But as council members, we're... We are asked to uphold um, regulations with regard to alcohol licenses and their standards. And a lot of that includes a map locating where alcohol will be placed in the premises. And so council members just asked for a few clarifying details in the application. Um, and we, we got all of that as we expected, and it was approved. Okay, so was, was it legit that we... Re- deferred it or refer had what? no recommendation no recommendation yes oh yeah it was totally okay. a legit ask and mm-hmm. then you had to decide oh you're gonna put the bar on the pickleball court no we're gonna we're, we wouldn't approve that then no i'm just kidding what would what would cause like where they're distributing alcohol would cause you guys not to how does that work so they didn't outline where yep the alcohol would be placed in the application um so 
the request was just further details in the application, as is usual for for beer and liquor licenses. Like so. where in the building and or also where when? In the- when okay. is another thing because they're open. They've got long hours, so mm-hmm. It, mm-hmm. it was also asking when alcohol would be served. So hoping it's not served from yeah. six a.m. to we might have more questions. So it's just one of the legality things. Hey, you actually need to put this in there because otherwise, you, yeah, mm-hmm. you you could serve alcohol wherever on the at the end of the Shopco parking mm-hmm. lot or something like that. I think you know the other thing is is usually when we get beer and liquor licenses, it's already established bar. With, yeah. like, an obvious place where the alcohol goes and people have liquor uh, bartender licenses already. Yep. And this is a brand new organization who probably never had to apply for a beer and liquor license. And, you know, there are a limited amount in the jurisdiction. Um, so, you know, we need to ask those questions before we hand them oh, out. Oh, so you can only have – this is – I've had this conversation with LaCrescent about marijuana dispensaries. Like, the number of – Marijuana dispensaries, and they're, I think they're going to mirror liquor licenses in that regard. So I haven't really thought mm-hmm. about it. So, yep. yeah, that the north side, that north side district could only have so many liquor licenses. So the, the entire city has a limited amount of, oh, okay. of liquor licenses. So we can't just hand them to anyone who says, hey, we want a liquor license. You got to like, do it like okay, Oprah. Cool. You get a liquor license. You get a liquor yeah, license. Yeah. So we have to, we have to take a peek at, you know, what the, the business is going to do and if they're going to be good holders of such a license and there's a couple liquor alcohol licenses on next week's agenda too right probably not as there typically is yep and it's a new renewal year so um okay so before we go to break like what are some of the highlights of the j and a meeting that we we, uwl parking structure that's one that i know of off top my head because that was one last week or last month that we didn't do right that's correct Mm -hmm. so that'll be on the agenda um Karuna Inc. is applying for a conditional use permit for a rooming house. And the Reach Center at 212 11th Street South is, is requesting rezoning from Washburn Residential to TND Specific. So those are those are some of the big ones. There's only like seven or eight, mm-hmm. eight things on here. The, will, this, will this agenda grow over the next? Or can, no, it, it won't. cannot grow. Mm-hmm. Oh, so once it's posted, it, it, what... It, what if somebody wants to add to it? How does you, that work? I mean, you can short circuit something, but it has to be vetted. And typically anything that's on agenda is submitted the Friday after the preceding month's council meeting. Okay. Mm-hmm. So they have to be in the circuit for like three or four weeks for oh, a okay. departmental Because it's important they go through the process of of going to the right meetings to get the public input yeah, rather yeah, yeah. than short-circuiting mm-hmm. some items. Okay. Yeah, and they, you know, they go through departmental review and legal review. Mm-hmm. This is Rick learns about government because these things had to go through different committees to get to this committee, yes. so to speak. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Good Good talk. <laughs> We're going to take a break. Mackenzie Mandel and Matt Keel hanging out this hour. We'll be back in a minute. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. I am Rick Solom. In the studio with me is Mackenzie Mendel and Matt Keel. They're JNA committee members, Judiciary and Administration Committee members. They're on the city council. Do we want to do could we do the cultural talk right now? Are you guys did you have enough time to think about this? Yeah. So that in, in, in one of you is gonna give me nuts and bolts. I'm pointing to, to, to Mackenzie. <laughs> and one of you is maybe going to have more fun with this. We'll see. We'll see how that goes. It plays well. But it plays but well. we're we're three years into a female majority of the Lacrosse City Council for the first time ever, and somebody texted me a question and said, "Hey, can you talk about if there's been a cultural change or I don't know? Is, is that the best way to ask that? I guess I should just let them ask the question, right? Do you think there's been 
Do you think the culture of the Common Council has changed since the election of a women's majority? I do. I mean, I think the, the, the expectations have changed and some, I mean, just the understanding of some of our needs to be able to still participate in meetings, right? Even like the fact that we can participate virtually. But I do feel like there has been a shift. Um, you know, obviously I wasn't on council when it wasn't, um, but watching the meetings and stuff, I, I feel that there's been a shift and um, I think a really cool and good one. And it's cool to have young girls see see us in this these roles yeah when i when i wrote i interviewed you when i, I remember yep. if we did we didn't do it on air I no think. we did I on the call, phone i just yeah, called yeah. you and i asked you about you know how that's going but you you had an infant at that time right mm-hmm. like a, a little baby now it's probably a three-year-old mm-hmm. or so mm-hmm. um so there was there was uh you had to like breastfeed the kid maybe during um city council meetings and stuff like that or i don't know if you're changing diapers during the media it'd be kind of funny too um but if there's only one female council member and they have to do that, then nobody else understands that. And then probably, hey, what? No, just do that later. We have a council meeting. This is important. You can't be doing that here. Do that later, right? Like there wouldn't be an under- – I don't know. I'm putting a, a lot of onus on all the men that have ever been on council, never having experienced children, and that's probably a, a bad place to be. But I'm, I'm sure that having a female majority has helped, you know, maybe even just be more comfortable mm-hmm. with, hey, we have needs that are different than yours, and mm-hmm. and, and we have to we have to do these things and the mm-hmm. council meeting can also happen while we're doing them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's been huge even to have the support of each other to be able to, you know, the oh, fact yeah. that, that we have breastfed at the same time on a meeting on Zoom <laughs> while voting. Like, it's it's cool to have that support system, but also to, to share that out there that it's possible for a mom to be on city council. Yeah. Having Zoom coming at the same time you get the female, is almost an excuse to be able to, like, a Zoom kind of is a saving grace for for the, mm-hmm. all of this, mm-hmm. right? Oh, yeah. I mean, Zoom brought another level of accessibility to the public as well. I mean, people can still join on Zoom for public comment and um, to be able to participate in a way that they wouldn't have if they were expected to go to the meeting in person. And so I think, you know, it's done a lot for not only council members, but it's done a lot for staff. I mean, our staff are parents, whether you're a mom or a dad or, you know, a, a parent in general. Um, I think having a council that understands what it's like to be a young parent and hold office is also, you know, good for staff members to see. Because, you know, now we're seeing staff members zoom in to answer questions who have little tiny babies um, or who don't have childcare. I mean, that used to not be a thing. We would just ask our staff to be at City Hall for unbelievable amounts of time. You women, I would do a bit, terrible basketball, but you women are the Giannis Antetokounmpo's of the city council, and it's trickled down. So Giannis Antetokounmpo is one of the best players in the NBA, plays for the Milwaukee Bucks. He is the leader of the team, but he is known for playing at the quote-unquote 110%, whether it's practice or or even like crap games that they know they're going to win should be to like the, the other night. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't matter. He's going all all in like mm-hmm. he's playing his hardest and therefore setting an example for the rest of the team being like oh the guy that's making 30 million dollars a year <laughs> is practicing harder than any of us we better step up our game and it's it's weird because i don't you're not practicing harder but you're you're able to do things that 
you know, it, in terms of being a woman and, and childcare for one of those, mm-hmm. like uh, breastfeeding or whatever, you're setting an example. And now you're talking about like the staff. Oh, if they can do it, we can do it. Like mm-hmm. where I feel comfortable. I don't feel like I'm going to be chastised for doing this. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. And I mean, staff look to us and, you know, staff are so formal and um, I, I understand why. I mean, it's been the culture for a long time. Um, but I think it's really, that's one of the coolest things is Mm -hmm. seeing that staff are like, gosh, I'm so relieved to see other parents on council. I mean, it used to just be that people had no idea what we as staff went through when we had families, you know, and, um, now they're able to, to be parents. And I mean, they always have been, but it's just, it's more accessible for sure. I should have used Caitlin Clark as the, uh. Example, but I don't know if she's 110 percenting practice. I know this. I know this for a fact with Giannis. Um, Have have now we talk about this in the break? Have the rules changed at all with the female majority? I don't know if it's if it's by coincidence or have any has anything changed as you and I know you've only been on the council for three years. So before Mm -hmm. that, it would have been like how you watched council or maybe what you've heard about council before that. So, mm-hmm. I mean, there, obviously there's women on council that have been on council for, for many years. Right. So you probably hear yep. stories mm-hmm. and maybe, I don't know, do you guys talk about like, wow, council's really changed now that we have, you know, a majority. I, I don't know if it goes to that. Yeah. But. I mean, we both watched council a lot and we're, you know, pretty into local government before we ran for office. Um, and, as citizens, we always think certain things of our elected officials, whether they're true or not quite as true as we feel they are. Um, and so we all have different perspe- perceptions of how our elected officials and staff operate at the city. Um, but I'll also say that I don't know, you know, I think previous councils always have cared a lot about staff and have done their best to do their due diligence in meetings. And I'll also say that feedback that I've received from working with staff members is that, you know, we, this council, whether that's, you know, newly elected or women or whatever, this council has done a lot of research and preparation before meetings. And we take very seriously, um, you know, what we're asked to do. And we, we do what we can to be prepared. And not to say that previous councils haven't done that. They absolutely have. Um, it's just that I have received feedback that, you know, we really push it to that 110%. You talk about staff being relieved that they could do certain things. I'm sure staff are also like, really, you're going to ask me about this. It's not for another week and a half. Are you really going to ask me about the you know, UWL parking situation or whatever. I don't, I'm just kidding a little bit, but they're probably like, okay, well, I'm going to get back to you in a week because you've given me a week and a half to, no, right. I'm just kidding. We're definitely like the super nerdy front row kids, right? Yep. We're like, we want to know. We want to do the best job that we can. We want to represent our constituents. We want to have the facts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, but you, you mentioned like, I wrote it down. Robert's rules of order. What is that? And I made fun of you during the break because I'm like, oh, great. Mac- Mackenzie's going to talk I about it. I know. Here I but go what, again. What is that? And, and, <laughs> and it's changed or it's, I don't know. Explain what you were talking about. Sure. So, so municipalities, states, federal governments, I mean, we all use a, a rules of order to keep our meetings in order, to follow certain protocol, to make sure that they're fair and ethical. And so that's 
typically Robert's rules of order. I mean, if you've ever heard anyone is say Robert, is this Robert. yeah, like, like Bob. Bill Roberts, yeah, <laughs> something like that. Robert's rules is of it order. Robert's apostrophe. <laughs> is it his no. Well, it it is as a you know, as a female led city of... council. Are you are you angered by the the <laughs> yeah, name totally being a man by Robert? <laughs> Super offended. Needs to be like Max Roberta rules of order or, or something. something yeah. Like that. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, go ahead. So, so um, yeah, we use. I mean most jurisdictions and organized bodies, it doesn't have to be a jurisdiction. It can be a nonprofit board or a board in general or a university or an organization. You know, most use some sort of ordered protocol and we use Robert's Rules of Order. And so if you've ever heard of anyone, you know, in a meeting say, all those in favor say aye. I mean, that's what it is. That's Robert's Rules. And there are lots and lots of rules that have to do with, like, public hearings, how long they can be, how you can act in a meeting. Um, you know, there's a rule you cannot have a discussion or debate amongst the body if you don't have a motion on the item first. And so we have to follow very rigorous protocol and um, uh, methods to make sure that we are being, um, you know, organized in our meetings. Yeah. And so... Abiding by the law, so to speak, yeah, right? Yeah, absolutely. And so, you know, in the past, um, it may have been that meetings were a little bit more loosely organized or in accordance to Robert's Rules of Order. But, um, you know, and it's not to say that they were disorganized. There were many, many good good um, meetings with Robert's Rules You've heard over stories, the last though, as well. years. Like, you were kind of inferring that it's some of the older city council members or past city council members from the back in the day. You've heard stories, right? Like, yeah, I mean, I mean, there's, I think one of the stories I told you was, you know, way back, they used to serve alcohol yeah. at council. And, mm-hmm. you know, people would sort of daddle on. When and, you say serve alcohol, does that mean, like, did you get a liquor license for it then? <laughs> good one <laughs> i have no idea um but no you know things have tightened up like and people in the meeting are, or you're up there drinking at the you know like up well, at I the i think the council members the council, council members were, were served and mm-hmm. then they would cut them off is and someone they got a cooler up front and they got a dollar a beer you know, i don't like know at my parents when i'm at the <laughs> t-ball game my parents are slinging beers from the from the crowd yeah. out of the cooler it must have been fancier they, like they probably had their pinkies up maybe. <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 for sure <laughs> um but you know so you know, with with the with the new council and with the councils of the last few terms, I think people take seriously order in meetings, and it's a really important tool that we have to keep meetings in order and constituents in order and everyone being respectful. Well, so so you can't get sued for doing something, doing a legislation that you know, like when you're there's that. There's also the stakes are pretty high. Maybe the stakes weren't as high, but when you're passing nine million dollars for the River Point District. Like, you probably don't want to be doing that with a couple of beers in you. I don't know. It's just my opinion. (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, so we have Robert's Rules of Order to make sure that we're legally doing things we're saying. You know, for example, you know, when we approve a liquor license, it's subject to compliance. And we say that in the proceedings just in case someone who has a license with us is not in compliance. Then we're able to, you know, um, deal with that issue. Instead of being having our hands tied legally, so so we use it in that way too. But it's also so that we make sure that constituents and committee members are acting, you know, respectful 
And Mackenzie kind. crushes this. So if you ever want to see Robert's rules done well, Mackenzie chairing Jane A is wildly. <laughs> not only that, but like she will explain things. I'm learning things every meeting. Like she I does do great. Does she get a lot it. of eye rolls? Like, oh, good. I mean, it's possible, but you know, <laughs> she she Maybe. does she she follows the rules and holds it to order. And it's easy to get sidetracked, even even it for is. people to come up and talk on a subject and start talking about a different topic, and then we'd be there forever, right? She mm-hmm. really is great at redirecting. Does she have like a little gavel? No, I do have a gavel, and I've never used it because I Uh-oh. feel like it's the mayor's. <laughs> but I, I sit in the mayor's chair, you know. But but it's true. I mean, there are issues where you know one of the rules is that you must stay germane to the topic or the mm-hmm. agenda item that was noticed. We mm-hmm. can't just talk about something that wasn't noticed because it's state law. And there's reasons for that law. But one of the things is, you know, if someone comes up for an item and they start talking about something that's wildly different and it has nothing to do with the, the issue or it's sort of adjacent and they're trying to make an argument that's sort of a slippery slope, mm-hmm. we have rules of order to keep Keep us all in line. Make all right. sure we're making decisions on the right items. All right, we got to take a break. Uh, we'll, when we come back, we're going to talk. We're going to preview and post view the the city council meeting from last month and no, this month it's still February, and uh, we get an extra day of February, and then uh, kind of preview the J and A meeting. And also, anyone out there just wants to mail Mendel a uh, gavel of her own so she feels comfortable <laughs> using it. <laughs> All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. I am Rick Solom. In the studio with me is Mackenzie Mandel and Matt Keel. They're on the Judiciary Administration Committee. Mandel is the chair of that committee. We're going to get her a gavel before the meeting next week, Tuesday, maybe. <laughs> someone wants to just bring it, bring it to the meeting. <laughs> Although, if someone brought it to the meeting, would the Roberts rules say you can't take that because it's a bribe or something like that? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that wouldn't have anything to do with Roberts rules. I don't know. It would depend. If someone brought me a gavel and said, hey, we want you to vote in support of this <laughs> item and we'll give you a gavel, then that would be an issue that would go against our code of ethics, which we just recertified. Okay. So, uh, you know, just just lay the gavel in your in the mayor's chair there and <laughs> engrave it Mendel so she knows if y'all have an engraver or something like that. Um, last, last month when you guys were on, we just uh, talked about it was we had that really weird cold spell. And we talked about EV buses just to, and you and you said, you know what? Because because I don't know. Part of my beef with electric vehicles is when it's super cold out, the batteries just don't last very long. And is that what is that or had that been an issue with the city's EV buses? And now you could be like, well, it was really hot, hot out the other. No, it wasn't actually. It was kind of perfect for electric vehicles. I think the last two days, but today again, we're back to the to the cold spell. But you, you did. You went and talked to Transit and asked them about how the EV buses handled what, what – I don't remember how cold – it was below zero, right? It was mm-hmm. really, really cold because we – part of that conversation was also like where do the homeless go, right? Because like, we had to open uh, some uh, some uh, emergency shelters during that time. So Mac, you, Mac Keel's got a report from Transit on, on the EV bus situation when it gets super cold out? Yeah, yeah. So um, the buses were about 40% down um, with their like their battery life. Um, so they still got to run, and that's in the extreme cold. So like our regular cold, I mean, even today, I'm not sure that had like a huge impact on it, but those, those extreme cold snaps um, to where then they just work it out in to where their route they, you know, halfway through the day, they, they, 
turn them out with some other vehicles and then get them charged. So they might not be able to run for a full day, Mm -hmm. um, but it has to be pretty extreme weather for that to happen. Yeah. So the the batteries were 40% down. And then the buses, I guess this, uh, you know, I just need to have the transit guy on. The buses, you just charge the bus as opposed to flipping the battery, I'm assuming. I don't know if we're pulling the battery out. In my head, so that's a good question. So, in my head, when I worked in a mill and we used electric forklifts, they never stopped running. But because we pulled the battery out with this big, the batteries weighed 5,000 pounds. We pulled them out Mm -hmm. and put in a new battery and then just kept going uh, on our day, which is how the electric vehicle industry needs to work. We Mm -hmm. need to pull into a gas station (laughs) and the gas station attendant needs to pull your battery out and put a new one in. This is how the world should work, Mm. but it's not going to because we all have our own batteries. Uh, each company. Anyway, so I'm going off on an electric vehicle rant. I need to, no electric vehicle person wants to come on with me and talk about it uh, because I need like 17 different experts to talk about all the issues I have. Okay. So that's kind of, that's kind of an issue where we're extreme cold, 40%. So the buses, you, they, they don't run. And then you, what, you jump in a different bus or something. We have buses on like backup buses, huh? Yeah. Yeah. So then they just exchange them out. And I, I don't know if they did that you know, with just that a regular bus, you know, exchange it out and didn't have to worry about it, but at least still there was some cost savings there. Yeah. But yeah, it, it is an issue, especially, I mean, if we're going to start seeing more extreme, but again, that was very much when it was extreme negative temperatures. So that's kind of a report that the city council will get if you A, request it or B, will they just come with you with this kind of report? Yeah. So typically directors will send us reports or information that they think we're going to get a lot of questions about something like this. I was able to just email Adam, the director, Mm -hmm. and let him know I had, you know, some questions on that and they, they get back very quickly. So Mm -hmm. it might not be something that's sent to all of council like this particularly wasn't um, just because there wasn't as many questions on Mm -hmm. it, but. Okay. One other thing too is the city and the county have a homeless plan, the pathways home. Five-year plan. I talked to Jane Clay Camp, the county administrator, last – was it this week? I don't remember. Uh, recently, I think maybe it was last week. Um, and she said, you know, the five-year plan could be – we could have these people off the street in a year. But how does the city council interact with the Pathways Home Plan or just the city-county plan to end homelessness? Is there is there a role there for the city council? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I think for us as city council members, just staying informed because we know that down the line, they'll probably be funding requests, um, you know, or other requests with that plan. So just staying informed. So right now, you know, we really, I, our, our homeless coordinator is, you know, obviously in the thick of it, in the planning and helping with that. But as a city council member, it's just really making sure we're staying informed as much as we can. Um, and we do get updates, um, quite a bit from, from the homeless coordinator. Well, and you were a little bit more maybe informed than any, I don't know if anyone else in the council, but maybe most people in the city or the county, because you're going out with the, uh, the, what is it called? The homeless outreach team? Are you still doing that? Yes. Yep. I try to do that once a week. Did you Um, make sure to do that the last two days and not the next three days? Because, you know, well, I guess the weekend would be pretty nice, but yeah, yeah, that's true. (laughs) No, typically they go, they go out uh, Wednesdays and Fridays. It might be better to go out when it's not as, you know, more difficult to just see. Um, oh, okay. Well, how's that gone in the last month? I don't know. Anything changed kind of the same or. Yeah. I mean, nothing, nothing new really still just trying to see if people are interested in services out there. Um, so looking at trying to get, um, those that are living down there out of that area before any flooding might happen. So that's kind of our next steps. Um, I know for the pathways home, 
really they're still collecting that data to figure out what next steps or what the actual needs are. So they're still in that data collection phase. Yeah, and when you say data collection, I think it's just uh, who's out there, who are they, what's their situation, just trying to get information on people just so that when they have a, a compiled list and then, okay, well, here's – a lot of these people need this or need that, and then therefore we can come up with resources to kind of help. Mm-hmm. You know, one person might just need one. You know, have one hiccup in their life that where fifty people might have. And and you mentioned there's a point in time count. Are we only doing that twice a year? Or do we do we do you know this? I'm I'm asking I'm asking the wrong person. But since you go out with the outreach team and I have you here, do we do a point in time count now? A point in time count is we just count how many homeless people are. You know homeless or literally unsheltered. So there's two different ways to look at that. Um, and we used to do it in July and whatever, seven, eight, six, seven months after July. Um, do we do that more now? Um, so I, what is required is two times a year right now with yeah. funding. Um, so I, I, in the uh, coming months, I think what they're building is a list and a running list that multiple agencies would have access to Mm -hmm. and continue to edit and add and take off, you know, all of that to where maybe uh, an actual count might not always be necessary or, you know, more might not be necessary. But right now, um, I know even the last one I got that got the number was 198, the the most recent one. Yeah. Uh, 198 homeless. And then the the number of unsheltered the people that are like literally living Outside. on the streets is, is, is a little bit lower than that. So, um, all right. City council meeting that happened last month, a lot of a conversation. In fact, both times that you've been on you guys has been ADUs, accessory dwelling units or granny flats or whatever else you want to talk about. <laughs> them. Uh, that pass we're, we're good. ADUs. What can yes. you, can you just describe what we passed and what like, uh, residential owners can now convert their garage to a living to, to a living space with uh, a toilet and running water and whatnot. So is you that, are right? now able to have an accessory dwelling unit on the property, but it has to um, conform with setbacks and side yard requirements. And Rick is like, come on, Mackenzie, don't be so boring. <laughs> no, that's fine. No, actually, it's kind of interesting. Good. No, I, I'm um, kind of interested. And, and so there's also, you know, some of that, they have to conform with existing code. So it's not like you're going to see these popping up in the backyard and they'll take up the entire space, the green space in the backyard. There, there's percentage rules of what can be built and what needs to be green. Side yard and backyard setbacks, how far they can be off the property line. This was all new legislation. So you had to like write these rules, right? That's right. Did you yes. take the chicken coop rules and then just kind of rewrite them to ADU rules? Not Is that at what all, we- because <laughs> chicken coop rules, chickens deserve their own toilets. <laughs> <laughs> no, we we spent, I don't know, I think it, it was about a year with the Neighborhood Revitalization Commission and staff did research on ADUs across the state and across the U.S. Because <laughs> I don't remember if it was you or, or Mayor Mitch Reynolds or both of you, because you can't put your chicken coop right up against the fence of your neighbor's yard, right? Just because yeah. like that would be... So you can you put your ADU right up against the fence of your neighbor's no. yard? You know what I mean? So you did take some of the chicken coop rules. <laughs> However, I will say I added an amendment that was added in, which stated that existing properties did not have to conform to existing setback and side yard requirements. And an example of that would be if you look some of these historic homes in historic districts, you see those huge um, dwellings off the back, their garages, their carriage houses. Mm-hmm. Some of those were built, obviously, when we didn't have setback laws. 
and, um, you know, maybe the property line shifted a little bit. Um, and so some of those carriage houses are like on the property line off the alley or just a foot in and they wouldn't adhere to the modern day setbacks. And so that amendment allows those carriage houses to be retrofitted into accessory dwelling units without literally lifting them up yeah. and moving them <laughs> six are, feet so in. You kind of grandfathered them in because so, they were built. So, yeah. If, As a female majority, though, in the city council, you call them grandmothered grandmother them in? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Is that what we're doing? So many things. <laughs> <laughs> See when you're see what happens is when when I do interviews in person versus over the phone I can get my little just stupid joke in <laughs> over the phone I'm just interrupting someone that's talking to me. Um, all right, so anything else from last month's meeting that uh, was really important? We referred um, the council referred UWL's request for um, rezoning for parking ramp to this month's meeting. Okay, so that will be on our agenda again this month. And, um, I guess the other one was, I, I mentioned it real quick and yeah. you, you kind of made fun of me and during the break a little bit, it is that we, we set aside $9 million or, or approved $9 million for river point district mm-hmm. for infrastructure. I believe that's what it was. It's like phase two of this plan. Mm-hmm. It's $9 million, but it's, it's one of the things that, okay, we're now we're ready to put it on the agenda because river point is at this point, And this is something we've known about for two years. Is that, that's kind of how you explained it to me. Well, it was $7.6 million. Oh, was it? <laughs> and it was for River Point District Phase 3 Steel and Utilities Project. Okay, well, that's fine. Uh, I shouldn't have talked at all. I should have just let you break it down. Hey, no worries. I just pulled up the thing. But that is part of the report of bids and quotes recommended to be adopted. It has to be formally approved by the Common Council, but it's not that it just became known. Those I- reports of bids and um, uh, estimates... And, and quotes, rather, have been in the pipeline for months, if not years. I will defend myself. I grabbed the legislation staff report for council uh-huh. and scrolled down fiscal impact, $9 million from tax inter- increment district 18. Oh, sure. Okay. So, they so pulled... $7 million of the $9 million, I guess is how you would mm-hmm. describe that, right? Got it. Yep, yep. Okay. Absolutely. So I'm not wrong, although the phase I was way off on that. Um, all right. <laughs> when we come back, we're going to talk about the JNA meeting coming up next week with Mackenzie Medell and Matt Keel from the city council. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. I am Rick Sola. I'm in the studio with me, Mackenzie Mendel, the chair of the Judiciary and Administration Committee, and Matt Keel, who is also on the committee. They're both city council members. You got one more year. Are you? Are you either one of you now want to announce that you're running for a next term right now? <laughs> well, <laughs> um, no, we're moving on. It's fine. I'm just kidding. It's a year away. It's not even important. Um, Okay, so the JNA meeting comes up on Tuesday at 6 p.m. If you want to go back and listen to it old, there's Mac or Mendel kind of does her whole spiel on like how you can communicate with that, and you can and and it's pretty um, easy to see right on the city council agenda page too. But what is on this agenda on Tuesday that is you know noteworthy? I guess there's only about eight things on there. And even though it's a small agenda, doesn't mean it will take not very much time. We've learned that, right, Mac? <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, so I would say a couple of the notable things is that referred item from UWL for the rezoning. Okay, they want a parking garage, right? They want to build a parking ramp. Yep. So they need to transfer a small part of their property from multiple dwelling district to public, semi-public, okay, to allow from, for a parking from ramp. From what I understand, they want to. there's a, a residential unit there. They want to 
get rid of and it's just used for storage now anyway because we're always worried about getting rid of a a home that could be it's not a it's not a residential unit it's more like a garage where they put that's right Mm -hmm. um machinery and other you know things they use on the property so they want to rezone the that entire it's like a half block made up of a bunch of different multiple dwelling parcels zone parcels and so they need to rezone all of that to public semi-public to allow for a parking ramp and people don't want that because they don't want a big old parking ramp in their backyard so to speak yeah well i think the original reason why it was referred was because a representative from uwl didn't show to the meetings to ask questions and so council members or to answer questions yeah. yeah to answer questions thanks um so council members had questions for the applicant before they wanted to make a decision and so it was referred with i think no recommendation to council yep. and then at council um can you keep doing that can you just keep referring it to the next month because oh uwl and show up again <laughs> if you want your parking garage uwl then show up to the meeting so we can ask you questions or can you ask them questions in the month between here and then just say we ask them these, qu- and then you do it, and then they don't have to show up ever. Or should well, well the big thing is that it it's they're also there to answer if anyone in the community has questions, like constituents as well. Yeah. So so really to push it through, I think it was Doug Happel at the last meeting kind of went through that of why you know he at least decided to refer it was so it could go through the process again and that voices could be heard mm-hmm. and you someone was there. Do, do they anticipate being at the J and A meeting then? I'm yes. sure that they'll be there this month. I think <laughs> that the parking garage, I right? think that they felt pre- probably pretty bad, and mm-hmm. um, you know, I and, get it. And then there's one other with the the Reach Center. There's that's also on the agenda. That seems to yep. be the other important one. Is yeah, kind of similar, a little bit similar. No, it is different. It's kind of in a unique situation. So the property has been there since 1957, I think, and it's always been a commercial, it's been a professional office space yeah. or medical space. Um, and the Reach Center, is, it's kind of on the backside of the YMCA. It's kind of funny. One's YWCA and YWCA. It's, it's, uh, it's in that yeah. area, I would say. Yeah, it's sort of kitty corner from the youth center of the YWCA, or YMCA, yeah, rather. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so that is a non-conforming use building because it's not a residential building, but it is in Washburn Residential District, which was done, uh, you know, over 20 years ago. And so in order for them to be able to remodel the interior of the building, they need to rezone Okay. to, you know, the suggested zoning, which is TND specific, traditional neighborhood district. Do you have to make it specific? You, you want to rezone, but you can only... We'll give we'll grant you the rezoning, but you can only do these remodels. Do you have to? Is there a is there a way to do that? So the specificity of that zoning is based on use, not what you're going to do. And so um, they determined that TND specific would be best, so that the neighbors would have a clear understanding of what is allowable and what is not. And that's sort of been the concern in the neighborhood is making sure that you know. It doesn't become a shelter was, you know, a big uh, concern that the neighbors had in 2021 when they leased the building. Um, and by the way, a lot of constituents don't know this or people don't know this is that this item has never come before council. Mm-hmm. Nothing with reach ever being in the building has ever come before council. I think there was a lot of community engagement in the tw- in 2021. And there was this, you know, misunderstanding that council had like allowed them into the building, but council's never been involved in any of the decision making. Um, but when they leased the building in 2021, you know, 
neighbors were concerned that this would become a shelter and they didn't want to have a shelter there. And Reach was clear about um, offering services for people experiencing economic and housing insecurity, never mm. shelter. All right. That's okay. Mackenzie Mandel and Matt Keel, members of the JNA committee. It meets 6 p.m. Tuesday. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Thank you. All right. That's all the time we have. Thanks, everybody, for listening.